you can't take yourself too seriously. You're not that great. No one's that great at what they do. Um, no one's that great of a person. And so like, don't take it, like whatever happens, don't take yourself so seriously because no one else really does. Caution, you will begin to love your nine to five with this show. Join us as we explore and discover your unique strengths and learn to apply them to your daily business activities with your host, Shmuel Septimus. Welcome to this next episode of the Love Your 9 to 5 show. Really excited to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is this CEO of, of Adventure Media Group, has his, his own radio show, has three best-selling courses on Udemy. Um, today, I'd like to welcome Isaac Rudansky. Isaac, welcome to the Love Your 9 to 5 show. Thank you very much for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on the show. Thank you. So, Isaac, just... You know, I spent some time, I discovered you through your Google AdWords course on Udemy, which we'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes. But for those who don't know who you are at all, um, can we give us just a brief summary of who you are personally and how you kind of evolved into what you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I had, in, back in 2012, I had gotten married and I was getting my master's degree from Hofstra University in industrial organizational psychology. And I didn't really, want to take that traditional path that most of my classmates were taking, uh, where sort of getting into HR roles and nothing wrong about that per se, it just wasn't something that I personally didn't really appeal to me on a personal level. And I, at the time, wasn't, didn't have a traditional job, so to speak. Um, I was recently married, but I had a background in art and I was selling my artwork. Uh, these were like sort of oil paintings, tradition, like sort of impressionistic paintings. And I was selling them at different art festivals on the sort of on the East Coast, Long Island, you know, be what it is. And I wanted to get that artwork online because I was getting a lot of good reception. I had a couple of private gallery shows um, out on the island and, and some good responses. I sold some I sold some paintings and that was that was pretty exciting. And I was like, okay, well, how do I get this artwork online? So if people ask me, like, can I see some of your paintings? I can show them. And I didn't know the first thing about making a website back then. And um, long story short, I heard an ad on the radio for this company called Squarespace. They promised that anybody can make a website without knowing any code or whatever. I was like, there's no way that's possible. And um, I sat down, went to the website. Probably, I th- I, without exaggeration, I think I spent 15 hours sitting down straight uh, through the night and, and made myself a primitive website. It actually still exists today. You can go to it. It's uh, RudanskyArt.com or I think it's IsaacRudansky.com or something like that. I haven't we'll find it. But I was like, wow, this is really exciting. Like, I have a website. And um, the next question that I had was, well, now that you have a website, what do you do with um, what do you do with that website? How do you get people to come to your site? And how do you get the right people to come to your site? Uh, and that sort of brought me down this whole wormhole of digital advertising and all the different techniques and the skills and platforms and formulas, all these different sorts of things. And I got pretty good at it and I did it for myself. And it was this really exciting experience while I was like running a PPC campaign for those who don't know it's pay-per-click advertising. Primarily it's a Google product. They have the lion's share of the market around 85 or so percent of that form of advertising. And it was really exciting thing. Like people who were looking to buy my, the type of thing I was selling were coming to my site and I controlled that. I controlled that experience and it was this really empowering feeling. And I then said, well, you know, I'm enjoying doing this. It's creative. It's fun. 
I could do it on my own time. Maybe I'll do this for some other people. And I said, okay, like maybe that could work. And I did it for my father who's a doctor and I did it for some other friends. And um, it started off as this not really serious business, almost like just a, a, a manifestation of the momentum that I was feeling from doing it for myself. Mm. And then it snowballed into an actual business over the course of a few years. And um, we got more serious about it. Obviously it's not, I'm not just, I'm not saying that it wasn't hard work. There was a lot of hard work that was put into it. Um, really, really hard work. And I think that's an important thing for people to realize, even for those who want to love their job. And, and I, think, I think it's almost a prerequisite where a lot of people who are, who are in nine to five jobs, and this is sort of what you talk about on your show, um, and are not happy, the alternative is not finding a nine to five job that you're happy with. I, in my own opinion, and this is just my own opinion, I think that like enormously difficult work is a prerequisite and almost an, a, a necessary foundation to, to be able to, to sort of break away from that traditional mold and do something on your own terms that you really like, that you control. It's not that you could just do something and work the same amount that you're working for somebody else or in a job that you don't really like and just find something that you just love every day and you're excited about every day to work, you know, wake up to. Part of that is, 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 in, is the hard work is, is, in a way, I think, actually creates the sense of enjoyment that, that comes from those sorts of endeavors. Okay. Anyways, that's what we are. We're a digital advertising agency in New York. Uh, we're 20 people, 15, 20 people now, um, still trying to figure things out. We have uh, great clients, um, a pretty good reputation in the industry. Obviously, the courses that I put out have made an enormous impact on our own business and our own trajectory. So that's that's who I am. Well, well, thank you for thank you for sharing that with us. Um, just even before we go further, there's another episode that actually did not come out yet. Mm -hmm. She's also from New York, and she also started off selling artwork uh -huh. door to door and went to galleries, and she also got into online marketing. Interesting. Yeah, which is it was just so strange. I never came across that before. I think there's a big, uh, I think there's a big crossover between online marketing and the creative the creative field. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, you would think, especially going through the Google AdWords course and how technical and detailed, uh, you know, that it gets and that you would think that, you know, the art, the artistic part of somebody wouldn't be attracted mm -hmm. to that. But in a way, it's almost like an art. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you'll agree with me and you're way further down this road than I am. Uh, but there, there are many people who feel like there's this online stuff you know and once you you make your website out there and people will come and it's just too overwhelming too confusing um to really understand it as a precise science and that there are human beings who are interacting with each other on yeah. this massive platform and yeah. you through through your uh precise decisions and actions and systems that you implement you can actually get to the, the right information to the right people that'll be mutually profitable. Yeah, well, I definitely agree with that to an extent. Um, I think that there is an art to it, um, this, the, the online marketing world, especially when it comes to just the, the, create, the, the core creative component of figuring out what sort of message psychologically will, will relate to a target audience. Um, but then there's also things about it that really are difficult for me personally that's it's the the statistical analysis doesn't come easy to me that's not something that i'm naturally good at and i've hired people who are really good at that and i'm able to um sort of keep myself in a role that's 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 more 
creatively oriented towards figuring out new ways to bring in business and, and managing the relationships with clients and higher level strategies and accounts. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty mathematics of things, which is a big part of what we do, that's something which personally doesn't come easy to me. And it's not something that, that I really enjoy doing. And it's not something that I'm particularly good at. So for me, what was important was to realize that a, just like, okay, you're good at this and you're not so good at that. So you do that and hire people that could do the other things that you're not so good at and hire people who are really good at those things. And um, that's been a focus of, of sort of what we've done. But I definitely think that there is a big overlap in the, in the, in the creative space with, with marketing in general. I mean, marketing is a creative thing. Um, it, as it's transitioned more from traditional to digital, where you had, you know, the print media and you look at the, the world right. of Mad Men, right? So that was like much more traditional. That was really all creative. Like the art departments were the, the front and center. With digital advertising, it's a little bit different. More like the data scientists are more front and center when it comes to digital marketing. But still, I think on a whole, since it's still people trying to reach other people, that's what it is. There's a lot of other layers of technology now in between there's accountability and there's tracking and there's ad fraud and there's click-through rates and there's all and there's ROI and there's all sorts of things like that but fundamentally what it is is one person or a group of people trying to reach another person or group of people and that's will always be a a, a creative thing at you know out of at its most you know at, at the deepest level of analysis okay so my my question for you is, and I think you're you're starting to touch on this right now, that if someone's brand new to the entire world of online marketing and uh, doesn't know the difference maybe between you know paid advertising, not paid advertising, but on a higher level, and we've all seen you can't go online and do anything without um, you know bumping into it on some level. Um, how would you explain that to someone who's just trying to really wrap their heads around this concept um, of what it is what it is that we're trying to do? And, and you know why some people with without any major schooling really through kind of trial and error similar to what you're explaining um, can be super successful at it and you know other people struggle and just don't seem they don't see any forward traction yeah that's a great question um, and it's interesting because we because just from an educational perspective it's a pretty unregulated industry um, it's not like any other professional uh, path or tract and I think you do see a lot of young people um, and older people who just get it and they're successful with it. And, that, and that's in the form of Instagram advertising and influencer marketing and digital advertising. And, and I think that that does tie back into what I was saying where it's more in, the people who are the most successful at this, it's more intuitive. There's so much analysis and there's so much data and there's so much um, statistical validity and p-values and all these different things that are there that are important to get a sense of like how are we really spending our money but when it comes to okay. figuring out a campaign idea something that's creative that will tap into a a, a mass of people that relate to this product and this is the sort of the concept of something going viral right that's something where there's an innate in my opinion there's an innate sensibility about that um, there's a certain intuition, there's a certain ability to sort of realize at an intellectual level that there's all the data, there's all the previous A-B tests that we've run, but like, here's what I feel is a really good idea. This is something which our people will really tap into and really connect with. And the people who get that are enormously successful with that. And, and, and it's not the same thing as brain surgery, because you could be the most intuitive person, but you're not, you, can't, you can't operate on a brain. 
um, without you know really formal training and following a very specific set of rules. Whereas over here, it's it's more like, do you understand human nature, but not necessarily trained. You don't need to be a social scientist to do this well, right? There's there is formal training when it comes to understanding human nature. You don't right. need to be a clinical psychologist, but there's a certain like there's a, there's a certain uh, like out. Well, I guess it's a certain level of, peop of people's skills, yeah. right? If, someone, if, if you can walk over to a stranger in the street and, you know, and start a conversation which they immediately feel that you respect them, you validate them, and you understand them, if you can do that every day, uh, I'm not saying that you should do that, but if you can, if you have that ability, yeah, th that should be able to transfer online to a squeeze page or a landing page or a website. Yeah, yeah 100%. I think that's the case. <laughs> and I tell everybody we hire, and it's, this is something which I, which I could prove statistically beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I know, that this to be, I know this to be true with other agencies and bigger agencies, that the relationship with the client is what's most important. Now, you might be referring to like actual success in a campaign, but now if, mm -hmm. if you take a look back a little bit, if you take a little bit of a, of a, a step back and you'll say, okay, what about the actual success of an agency? the actual success of a firm and to, it, it's very relationship driven there's we've had clients that we've got we have a great relationship with and they feel a sense of trust that what we that we're passionate about what we're doing we have the ability to do it we care about what we're doing and we have their best interests at heart and we've had really bad months where we, Sometimes it's been our fault. We've made big mistakes and cost the client a lot of money, just like outright mistakes. Sometimes it wasn't really an outright mistake, but things just weren't going well as well as planned. And mm -hmm. it wasn't even a question. The client stuck with us. And then we've had clients that have had really great results from the campaigns we were running, like really profitable. And they're like, they leave us because we didn't really nail the relationship, right? They got some proposal for some other, from some other company that sounded great, another promise. So in our business, and this is, the, this is the case with a lot of businesses. What people don't realize is when you get on the phone with a client and, you, and you, you ask them about their husband or wife and the kids, and, you don't, you, and this sounds all cliche, but it's really, it, it really, really matters. And if, you want, if somebody wants to go out and build a business, that's, if you're going to go build a software product, this is not as relevant. But if you're going to build a business that's service-related, that, that has to do with people interacting with other people in order to, in order to generate revenue, then this is a really important thing that, very, a lot of people have a very difficult time doing and understanding. They don't really understand how, how deeply important that is. And that's something personally, I'm really not that good at the advertising thing. Like, I'm not so good at statistical analysis. I'm not so good at, at data. Uh, you have to stop saying that because I went through your courses and you're good at it. I'm, but you could say maybe, maybe you hired <laughs> others who are the experts at it. Yeah, the people in my office know, they, they really do. They know a lot more about it than I do. And, and, and also, it's, I'm not saying that I can't be good at it. It's just that I haven't spent my time getting good at it, as, especially in the last year. And I, I have clients who say, no, Isaac, I want you to manage my account. And I was like, I promise you, you don't. Like, you don't want me to <laughs> you want like these guys know it much better than I do. And that's the case. But I, but I have an ability to see sort of what's going on, going on in the relationship. What, what is the client struggling with? What are their expectations? What are their frustrations? Um, and how to make them feel confident and secure and that we, we, we we're in this together and not only to make them feel that way, to actually, to actually feel that way ourselves. That has to be real. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you can't fake authenticity. Uh, we had... Um, by by we had its Bob, very definition. Yeah, by, by its very definition, exactly. Um, we had Bob Berg on the show who wrote the book, The Go-Giver. I don't know if you're mm -hmm. familiar with it, but that's, uh, you know, one of the best-selling books on sales. 
And he says, and it's been quoted numerous times, people will only do business through people they know they like and trust. Yeah. And, and that, that is cliche and it's true. Um, but it's really true. I mean, and that's really in every business. I mean, in the nursing home business, the same thing, when someone comes in, they drop off a loved one in Mm -hmm. a nursing facility, they know that they will not be able to oversee every single second of the day, which is why they usually drop somebody off in the first place. And if you know, that first impression that they get and the interaction they get with the receptionist and with whoever opened the door. And, you know, if, if I speak to them or whoever it is, that's going to define how comfortable they feel. And are they going to be calling every three hours because, oh my gosh, maybe something happened to dad or mom or whoever it was, or no, these people get us, they respect us. They really care as much as we would care. And then we can kind of relax. And once that relationship is in place and it's maintained, um, you know, then the clients will be there. But the person that kind of just came in on an off hour and never really got off to the right start, those people, some, and just like you say, you know, we can provide the highest level of care. They get the best ROI. It could be a fantastic month, but they didn't feel that connection. Yeah. Um, you know, so that may not work. Yeah. Now, if someone is just starting out, they just put up their website or they just um, started creating for themselves their, um, you know, their online presence and they maybe don't have an idea. Either they have some sort of, you know, low end product or maybe they don't even have a product yet. But their goal is exactly like you said, when you started off, you know, you went on to Wix, I think you said, or Weebly. Similar idea. Yeah. All right. So you went to one of these free website builders, you put up your website and now, you know, you're probably waiting for the traffic to come. <laughs> and that didn't happen. Yeah. Surprise, right? Yeah. There's more than one website out there. Yeah. And, and, and now, that, now you're trying to get traffic to, to start to come. And you might have the best content in the world. And as of course, you know, that's not going to do anything. So what are, what are the, like some of the basic steps um, that are important to take that will make the biggest impact? Or let me make the question even harder. If there's only one thing you're going to do that's going to make the biggest impact you know, to start driving traffic to your site in a legitimate way. Mm-hmm. So that's a great question. Now, if you're a service business, right? Say, say you're an accountant or, um, and even within service businesses, there's a, lot of dif- there's a lot of differentiation. If you're an accountant, that's very different than if you're a plumber. Um, and if you're in the product business, selling, you know, $20 Bluetooth headsets are very different than selling $9,000 audio systems. Okay. But I would say as a general rule, if you're in the service business, you want to think about content and promoting content because it really just ties down to the length of a sales cycle and, and, and the importance of the different stages in a sales cycle. And that, that there's this concept of the AIDA or that, you know, sales buyer's journal, buyer's journey, where there's awareness, interest, action, and desire. Um, or rather awareness, interest, desire, action. And, and every single, if you, th- if you break it down conceptually, every purchase, every purchase a person makes is going through all those stages in the buying funnel. Now, if you, if you lease a car, you might've started, you might've started being aware of, of your desire for a car at the age of 12. And you know, right. you might've only been interested in a car once you got your license, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And then you might, you might've only really wanted a car or sort of started shopping around for, for options when you had enough money to lease a car or buy a car and then action, you ultimately buy the car. If, um, and this happened this other day, I, I was just on Facebook. I was not looking to buy anything. And I came across this little product, which was like a couch stand 
cool thing for a laptop. And I was like, wow. And within 40 seconds, I bought it, right? But I went through all those stages. I, was, I became aware. I became interested. I desired it. I, I sort of figured out how to buy it, and then I bought it. So how long and how complex that buyer's journey is for any given product or service will help you determine this sort of buying funnel and, and, and content approach you want to set up if you have a new website. And, and to go back to the original question of what is the one thing you could do, if you ever do one thing, you're not going to sell. Right? That's <laughs> if you do one thing, you're not going to sell. And that's a big, big thing that clients need to realize. Your website probably isn't good enough yet. You probably need 20 more iterations and, and figuring out usability issues to even sell something if you're doing good things. If you're running PPC campaigns and you have no content and you have, you have no presence on the web and anywhere, anywhere else, you're probably not going to sell. If you're just running content, it's going to take, and you're not doing anything with paid or any like other types of advertising, you're not going to sell. Um, but I, I get the gist of your question of like, you know, sort of where do you want to focus your efforts in the, in the exactly. most sincere, um, in the, in the, I guess in the most um, aggressive way. So I would say for, for product bit, for product based websites and assume the website is good. Um, I would, I would put budget towards paid advertising because then you get a, you could easily validate that the market. You could easily see what it costs to get you customers. You can get a sense of, of your conversion rate, right? The percentage of people who come to your site that actually buy. You can get a sense of how much it's going to cost you in paid advertising to actually get a sale and, and what your margins are. So you could do a lot of really great um, market research relatively quickly and for, and for relatively little money when it comes to paid advertising with a product-based system. Um, it's not so much the case if you have a more complex service-based company because service-based businesses especially if you're selling B2B, like we sell B2B right? and a lot of service-based businesses are B2B. Um, it's a long decision. There's, there's usually the person coming to your site is not necessarily the person who's going to ultimately make the decision. And um, that complicates things because there's a lot of different people involved. And, and in a service-based business, they're looking for trust and validity more so than in, in, in the product arena. In, when it comes to, to e-commerce, product-based businesses, customers are looking for social proof. They wanna know, are people like me buying this product and are they enjoying right. it, right? They don't need to know so much about the company. And, just, and if you think right. about this yourself, as you analyze your own shopping behavior, you, I think you see this to be true. Reviews are really important when it comes to buying something on Amazon, like how many reviews are there? Like, okay, do you really know the background of the company or the manufacturer that's making it? Most of the cases not. If you're going to hire a firm to, to, to do an audit of a business or, or you know, to supply you with high-end janitorial supplies, whatever it may be, it's more likely you're going to be looking more for, for validity and, and market dominance and, and a longer track, track record. You want to look for expertise. You want to sort of feel emotionally that this is the best, highest quality company that's going to represent my best interests. And over there, you, want, that's, you, you create that in the mind of the customer by, by developing high-level content. That could be in the form of blogs, or it could be in the form of videos, or it could be in the form of interviews, or it could be in the form of, of free white papers or market research studies that you right. want to your prospects and customers and leads and things like that. Uh, but then again, how do you get traffic to those things? And that's, you know, you share them on social media and you do that, you do that on Instagram and you do that on Twitter, and you, do, you do that on LinkedIn and you do it on Facebook. And then you supplement it with some SEO and some paid traffic. So it's complicated, you know, but there is, there, there, well, there is no system. I, and that I've ever discovered. As far as I know, there's no, there's no system that one could follow to, to, to launch a business. 
Well, I'll put it this way. Where, where I'm coming from is if you go online and you start Googling around for what the very first thing is, you know, that I should do once I set up my website, mm-hmm. you'll find tons and tons yeah. of people from India or other yeah. places. Exactly. And all these other people who are promoting other people's products and affiliate right. links and all sorts mm-hmm. of uh, garbage, yeah. uh, which probably doesn't really work that well. But everyone says that this is the one thing and just follow my steps and here's my screen. This is exactly how much money I made. And, you know, and this is exactly all you need to do. Yeah. Um, but coming from the trenches, that's not really the case. I'm just processing what you said is that it's really a little bit of everything. A little bit of if, if you go back to the, let's say a product, let's say you're selling a cell phone case and um, you want to position yourself as an expert in understanding how the consumer's experience is with electronic devices and how they actually use it and where do they put it on their desk and when they put it at home at the dinner table and in the bedroom and in the car and and through um creating content which kind of talks about all these things and blogging about it and talking about it and sharing it people can recognize you as the expert but like you said these types of products it doesn't matter as much now i have i know somebody who started a company a b2b it's like you said janitorial services that's what reminds me it's it's basically a housekeeping company that he's, for nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll keep this anonymous. Yeah, um, right. But as I asked him, just because I'm interested in this type of stuff, if he, you know, he was asking for referrals and if he was growing his business. And I asked him for his website. He's like, yeah, we don't really have a website. We just have it so that, you know, basically like a landing page with a phone number so that we exist. Because if we have nothing, then people think it's a shady business. But he was saying that like on his level, something which you're paying multiple thousand dollars a month, uh, you know, per facility, you know, on that level, people don't buy, you know, based on what they see online. It's yeah. it's ready. It happens offline. Yeah. And those, yeah. Are, and those are, and those are like relationship based. And, you know, he has a friend who recommended him and all that. Do you agree with that? Or do you think it's so important to, to have some sort of online presence for that well both i agree with that completely there's no question about it for like the higher level services are very very difficult to sell online to to new people that come to your website through google search like you're you're and we find this right so it and i'll just just our company like we sell like our minimum monthly management fee to manage your digital advertising campaigns is a few thousand dollars and we've we have a lot of work. if you search for adwords management company we're typically number one organically sometimes we have some ads we almost never get a lead that could pay that or has the budget. Like our, our clients are typically spending $10,000 $10, a month plus. It's very, very rare that through Google search we'll get a lead like that, but it's not so rare through our Udemy courses that we'll get leads like that. Because people who are at, at a, companies that are, especially when you're talking about B2B, again, this is, we're referring specifically to B2B. When you're at a higher level and you're selling at a higher level, people are typically going through people that they know and that they trust. And the Udemy course, just a pseudo a pseudo relationship already. Cause like, you know me, you trust me, you feel that I'm an expert, all those things are there, you know? And if, if a big company like Geico is looking to outsource their management of their PPC, they're not going to Google to do a search, right? They're going to open up the Rolodex or they're going to call uh, the, the chief marketing officer of Apple, whoever their best buddy, their, their friend is and, and talk and ask exactly. for a referral. You know, that's, it, it works. Sales do work at a different level. The higher up the, the you know the pricing hierarchy you go that's there's no question about that but that it's but I still would say it's worthwhile to have a presence for a um, 
content that is worthwhile just to, to increase your own expertise. Um, and again, I'm not saying that there aren't companies out there that don't even have a website that are enormously successful. They, they are, there are. And, and it's a different business model than what I'm involved with on a day-to-day -day basis. It's, just, it's a whole different space altogether. Um, but like you said, you never know what kind of deal you could pick up anyway by, by showing case studies of the big clients you work with and the testimonials from the big clients you work with. Once in a while, you'll get a big deal through a good website. You will. Right, but, so, but your, your business model, I think, is a little bit unique for, on, in two ways, and I think you kind of said this. Um, on the one hand, you know, for him, he doesn't have a lower-end product and then an upsell that will do your whole bit. You know, it's not like we'll wash just one window for, you know, $100 a month or we'll do your whole building for 4000 or right. 10000 It's This is what, either we have you or we don't have you. Right. But if you have, uh, for sure, for your business, besides, I mean, Udemy is not the, you know, the... I don't make that much money on Udemy that, you know, relatively, the, the courses are cheap. Right. But at the same time, you do, you get, there is some income there. And at the same right. time, there's also, you know, you, you are building relationships. It's like you're having meetings with all those people. If someone's right. on Udemy learning, you know, exactly. PPC, that means that they have a business and a business which they're willing to invest money into because they're, they want to set up Google AdWords. Yeah. They, they may not have uh, expanded their their understanding of how much it takes you know to actually make it happen yeah but through the course they developed that relationship with you and also they realized that they may actually need to spend some serious money here but the roi could be amazing if they can manage it properly and yes they can start out by themselves with all the step-by-step -step, but eventually yeah you know that can be a real sales funnel like you said you know that could really work so so, so really, it can happen. I guess even even on that, uh, even on that level, which you know, which which is really phenomenal. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I really appreciate you taking some time and you know and sharing with us, um, you know, a little bit of your journey and some of your skills and some of your expertise. And I don't want to take uh, really that much more of your time. But if there's one uh, piece that you would like to share with the listeners regarding. Um, what you've accomplished, or more specifically, what you have come to understand through your personal slash professional journey from where you are and from where you started with your degree to where you are right now, um, is, is there any one particular thing that you, would, um, that you would recommend and that you would share? And then I'm going to ask you if there's a particular book that would be a great resource mm. for them to learn further about the subject. Okay, great. Um, Second question is a little bit easier. Yeah, I know. That's why I threw it in. Yeah. First question <laughs> is, I would say, and I don't, know, I don't know if this is the one thing that's the most important thing that I've learned or that I've experienced, but it's certainly... I know, you don't like when I say the one thing. It gets people nervous. Yeah. It's certainly, <laughs> a thing. It's certainly a thing that I, that I am very fully confident um, about. And I'm not usually so confident about things because like it, what, another thing that I've learned is that you're very likely to be wrong in this business and just make mistakes and you need to keep testing and all that. So I'm not really usually confident when it comes to these sorts of questions. But one thing I'm at, I am confident about is if you want to go into business or you even want to grow in your own company or you want to be successful, if, you, if you're overly sensitive, if you're easily offended by things, and if you don't have a certain sense of humility, you're going to fail. And it's going to be very, very difficult for you to for you to accomplish in a serious way. And I think I've seen this characteristic amongst a lot of other successful people that I've met, and um, they have tough 
skin and like tough armor. And it's a real thing because you, I, I've come, I've worked with people and I've come across people that are very easily offended by a, by an offensive joke or an offensive comment or something that was slightly disrespectful or something that, that, that an allegation that wasn't totally fair and that throws them off, off the rails. And those people are doomed to fail every single time. I'll just tell you a quick story. Uh, a couple months ago, I got a call at 11 o'clock at night from a client who I didn't ever, I never spoke to the client. She had, she had become a client through a different sales representative in our company. And there was some work that was done for her. And, you know, we thought obviously it was good work. And sometimes you have clients who are really, really difficult to please. And the campaigns weren't performing as, as they should have been performing or because I think it was a, it was a one-time project that we did for her. And this was a couple months afterwards and she was really frustrated and, and, and we could, I could relate to that feeling. And there's also a certain level of empathy that comes with this same characteristic. If you can empathize with other people and step into their shoes, it, um, it goes a long way in not, in not getting offended easily. And uh, she calls me anyway at 11 o'clock. I never spoke to her. I pick up the phone. And she's like, Hey, I'm, she's like, I'm a client of yours. I had this really bad experience. Um, you were supposed to fix X, Y, and Z and, and A, B, and C were supposed to happen and they never happened. And now I'm really frustrated and I was watching your course to try to figure out what went wrong. And I wanted to, I just wanted to call you and tell you how every time I see your face on the screen, I'm disgusted. You look <laughs> disgusting to me. And I wanted to call you and tell you that. That's beautiful. So I said, I said, well, listen, I said, I said, you're already ahead of the eight ball. Most people are disgusted by my face before having a bad experience. <laughs> so I said, well, you're way ahead of the game. And I said, okay, listen. And she, and she went on to literally like, harass me verbally. And I said, listen, I, I forgot what her name was. And I said, you know, you, you gave, you, we charged you to, do a, to, to provide a service that you're not happy with. That bothers me at a personal level. You know, tomorrow I'll look at the campaigns. I'll spend some time. I'll try to figure out what was going on. And um, I'll give you some recommendations with what you could fix. And um, she's like, okay, thank you. I overreacted. You know, whatever the... The rest of it's not so important. The important point is, is not to take yourself too seriously. You can't get offended easily. You can't be overly sensitive. You can't take yourself too seriously. You're not that great. No one's that great at what they do. Um, no one's that great of a person. And so like, don't take, like whatever happens, don't take yourself so seriously because no one else really does. That's something which I think is really important if you want to really grow and have people respect you and, 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 and have authority and have control over, over what it is that you're doing on a daily basis. Cause there's going to be really, really difficult people out there who are not going to be happy. And there's going to be really difficult situations. If you take yourself overly seriously, people are not going to like working with you. So that's one thing I would say, I think is, is a real thing that I think about a lot. Um, well, that's completely not what I expected to hear, but I can certainly relate to that. Um, yeah. That happens all the time in, in my industry, and I'm not dealing with Google accounts, I'm yeah. dealing with people's lives. Yeah. And you know, and sometimes the outcomes means that the person is not alive anymore. And like you said, sometimes it could be my first interaction with the person is when something goes really, really bad. And yeah, yeah and these are the things, that, these are the things that can really happen. One thing I'll add to it, if you hold your thought for one more second, yeah, sure. um, is that you see the, the other type of people, the people who are still insecure with themselves and easily offended by others, they have a tendency to hire and surround themselves by people who are not as talented or successful yeah. as they are. Yeah. This way they walk in, they're always the smartest person in the room. And like you said, yeah. they're probably not the smartest person in the room. Mm -hmm. And that can seriously have, you know, obviously very detrimental business. Um, you know, um, it can affect the business in a very bad way. But if someone has that humility, yeah. saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not the smartest person in the room, I'm good at the creative side of things, but this person's much better with the analytical or the data side of things. Let's hire this person who's great at this, this person's great at that, and I'm not. 
you know, necessarily the, the smartest person in the room, then you can have a team that's really an all-star team and a respectful relationship. You can, you could go so much further. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I think it's right. I think it spans every industry. I don't really know how to, if you are someone who's overly sensitive, I think it could be fixed and I think you could work on it. I don't, I'm not a clinical psychologist, so I don't, I wouldn't know the exact steps. Well, you that. started and then you got into this marketing thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I can't help you there, but I think it's something that could be changed. I think it's a characteristic that could be worked on for sure. Two quick book recommendations um, that are related to lots of industries. Again, is Influence by Robert Cialdini recently read it and reread it fantastic book it's like it's a timeless classic anybody who's in sales or marketing should read it that's that's the book called influence by robert cialdini the other book which i'm recently i recently read which i really like is called building a story brand by donald miller um, another great book that that helps you under conceptualize who your customers are what they're looking for and then how to write copy for them it's a really quick read it's really it's really good um nothing high level both books are very readable and personally have helped, have helped me a lot in very practical, like really practical ways. Um, so those are two books that I would recommend. Okay, awesome. I really appreciate that. I'll put links to both of those in the show notes when this goes live. Um, last thing, if people want to continue following you and seeing the work that your company is doing and some of your courses, is there any one particular place that's the best place to send them? Not really. I think you could always check me out on my website at adventureppc.com we, and check out our blog. We write over there. Um, and if they want to, I'm semi-active on Twitter with um, different things and updates in the field at Isaac Rudansky on Twitter. So those will be the places to, um, to see what's going on with our company. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. All right. Well, uh, I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I, it was an honor. Thank you. All right. Well, I think you really shared a lot of uh, unique perspectives on the marketing part and on the general uh, career part as well. So thank you so much for your time. You got it. It was really a pleasure. Good luck with everything.